behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Guys, training camp is here. Everybody is practicing. Everybody is getting ready for the season because football is back. And I could not be more excited to be here with the fellas today for another episode of Taxi Squad. Welcome back, everybody. Again, again, training camp is here. But we also got some twins to talk about and maybe some wolves because, you know, Anthony Evers came out and said something that we might touch on just a little bit. But before we dive into all of that, I have to introduce the squad. The voice you hear is obviously Artist Woods. I'm here with AJ Fredrickson and Jason Stormer. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. I, I'm, you know, we took uh, what we have last week off. Um, I believe just due to some scheduling stuff, some some people feeling ill, some, you know, just we 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 needed a week off. So now we're back, and uh, we're back with the Vikings as uh, the football season. We we've said it. It it never really dies. It never really goes away. It just kind of like recedes into the forest for a bit before poking its head back out and the and the the flowers start to bloom once again so we're back the players are out at the uh, tco whatever stadium or whatever it's called tria park or tco park and uh you know people are getting warmed up people are back and we have contract negotiation stuff we have uh players driving 140 miles per hour who've never suited up for the team yet we ha- we have a lot to talk about we have a lot to talk yes. about so much to talk about. I can't believe that it's already here. It makes me a little bit sad because it means that like we're getting towards maybe the dog days of summer. These two, well, I don't know if two days are a thing anymore, but training camp is here finally. By the way, gentlemen, I have to say congratulations. Uh, our last episode a couple weeks ago was actually our 50th episode of Taxi Squad, and we totally didn't mention it <laughs> at all. So uh, congratulations to both of you. We made it to the half century mark. I can't believe that. We've been doing this now for a little over a year. Thank you so much. For all the support of you guys, the listeners, and everything like that, couldn't have done it without you, and we hope to do it for many, many, many more years to come. So thank you so much for that, and thank you for letting me just do this with you guys. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, it's hot out. Uh, and uh, by the way, uh, just a little side tangent, the whole Jordan Addison thing really quick. 94 and Dale, that's right by my new place. Literally, that's my exit. I live a couple blocks right down there, and it was just like, oh my gosh, that... Happened just literally right down the road. But there's so many other things with the Vikings to talk about. Uh, Daniil Hunter is at camp, but he's also not at camp. That's kind of an interesting situation. Still waiting for a Justin Jefferson contract and a whole lot of other things to get to about Vikings training camp, guys. Guys, guys, what should we dive into first? Should we just dive into what we think of the first day of training camp? Like what? What are we, what are we yeah, thinking? Was, How do we feel? I want to hear your guys' thoughts. What are your first impressions on stuff you've seen, rumors you've heard, quotes you've listened to? What 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 are your initial reactions? Well, I'll say this really quick, and I'll kick it to you, Jason. I love the fact that my boy Alexander Madison is already getting touches immediately. Like first couple plays, you get a run, and you get a you get a, a, a pass out or a catch out of the backfield. Again, he will have a thousand yard season. Book it. You can count on it. So that's that's one thing that I that I that I really love so far about training camp. Obviously, you know, you got the stuff that's going on off the field and all that is what it is. But that's one highlight for me because that's one thing I'm really looking forward to um, this upcoming season. I like the fact as well that K.J. Osborne is catching a lot of passes and, you know, really showing out so far in camp, too. So not too much, in my opinion, to take from camp so far besides the stuff that's going on off the field with the contracts and all of that and, you know. Jordan Addison doing what he did. There, hey, reasonable excuse though. You know, you know, it's a family family emergency. I will call that a family emergency. So it's reasonable. Um, but as far as camp is concerned, Addison and KJ Osborne, I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, we've just had the first day, right? We still got a whole lot to recap over the next coming weeks. We get to talk about these position battles that are going to be happening and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, right now, because it's so early, it really is the contractual stuff that is dominating kind of the headlines with the Vikings, especially this whole Daniil Hunter situation. Uh, So he has reported to camp and the problem is, though, there still hasn't been a contract uh, a resolution of any kind right now. I think he's scheduled to make only $5.5 million this upcoming season. That is just absurdly low. The contract 
he got a couple years ago, however he negotiated that. I don't know how it got to a point like this, but in terms of premium edge rushers, that is just insanely low. And so this is all going on, but mostly the reason he's reporting but not practicing is because he's trying to dodge the fine. I believe it's about 50K per day if he uh, misses training camp, which is just absolutely absurd. And when right now you're only guaranteed $5.5 million, uh, you better keep that 50K in the bank. So KOC and Quasi have addressed this issue. Um, they had a press conference yesterday recording this, by the way, on July 26th. And um, obviously they were a little bit coy about the whole situation because it's obviously not resolved yet. Uh, they've talked to him. They've communicated with him. They, he's in the literal building um, but they were still pretty kind of like, yeah, he's here. It's good to see him, but we still haven't gotten this whole thing resolved. And I believe Doogie even said with a scoop session with the guys uh, a couple days ago that, yeah, he's optimistic that, you know, at least Daniel's here and everything like that. But even Doogie didn't really have any indication where this is leaning, if Daniel's going to stay or if he's going to go. Um, personally, I, and I'll let you guys answer this question uh, next, but personally, I would like to see Daniel Hunter uh, stay a Minnesota Viking if possible. Uh, the edge depth on this team concerns me. I know Marcus Davenport's around. You got Armand Watts potentially to replace Daniel if you move on from him, but considering how bad this defense was, guys, uh, if we can come to a resolution with Daniel, at least a reasonable one, if he's looking for way too much money, then, you know, what do you do? I mean, that's just that, and, you know, good luck potentially on the open market. We'll trade you or something. But um, I don't know, guys. Um, do you think the Vikings are going to come up with a resolution here? Do you want them to come up with a resolution, or do you think maybe Daniel should be, um, maybe we should cut bait here if this is getting too complicated? I think you need him. You after moving on from Zadarius Smith and ha him no longer being a member of the Vikings, you don't bring in Brian Flores and then expect him to like sprinkle some pixie dust on this defense and, and you know and all of a sudden it's it goes from one of the worst in the league to even just middle of the pack. You you need some talent back there. And granted, I think you still have uh, Harrison Smith who is an aging, but I in my opinion, this is probably the hometown opinion, but like legendary. Like I think future Hall of Fame safety, uh, you have some draft picks that um, are really you're gonna really get your like your first look at them just based off like what we've seen with injuries and stuff. Um, not really having uh, a good track record to actually evaluate evaluate them. So in a sense, you're having rookie seasons for a few guys um, that have been drafted in the past year or two, and the the line i mean you can do whatever you want with the hybrid specialist that is josh metellus but you know he can only do so much you know a swiss army knife at the end of the day isn't a butcher's knife it's it, it's got this little knife that it, it'll cut like floss if you need it but it's it, it's not cutting rope so um the knife that's going to cut that rope is an actual good pass rusher named neil hunter um i think you need to keep him it's weird though, because in I might have honestly zoned out for a second when you guys were introing it, but like from what I understanding is he's there, he's just not he he's shaking hands, he's catching up with the guys, he's just not actually practicing, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's a weird distraction. And that's mm -hmm. gonna be something I'm interested to see how this regime of Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell, like that's that's odd. Imagine imagine you work in an office building and uh jim the accountant i everybody knows him he knocks out the taxes for the team every year he does a great job balancing the books his yearly review comes around and he's like hey i'd like a little bit of a raise what do you guys think about that management they're like ah you know i think we're a little far apart and then he's like sweet i'm just not gonna work i'm gonna hold out but then he just shows up at the office and he's at the water cooler and you're chatting him up and like you like jim jim's a great guy you know his family you've met his wife but he's not actually doing his work but you're still friends um it's it's weird it's a weird little dynamic um that this coaching staff and quasi the front office are gonna have to probably kind of dance around in a sense because you want him ex you want him to come to a resolution with this team but at the same time you don't know what some of these conversations that he had he's having with his peers on the team are i'm sure obviously a lot of those guys are thinking We'd love to have him back, but being players, they're not thinking about it as the front office mindset of, you know, we have to, you know, balance the budget, all this stuff. They're thinking, I know exactly what you've been through. 
injury wise, I, you know, we're kind of going through the same thing of, we have limited years to play this sport. I understand you wanting to get your money, whether they have personal reservations on like, I think you're asking for too much or you're, you know, that type of thing is, I think probably out the window there. I, I imagine they're going to side with him if there's no like weird, like beef under the water that we don't know about, but, um, how they handle this distraction. I mean, that's the word I'm going to use right now is going to be fun to watch. Um, it's fun to watch until it's not. And then it's like, just get a deal done. Yeah. I think that it needs to be one of the top priorities. Obviously there's some other contracts coming down the pike that need to be handled as well. Obviously with Justin Jefferson, but I think that's going to take time. Honestly, to be real with y'all, like, I mean, I think it's a distraction, but I think that it's a good thing that he's there. Honestly, like I think most players that hold out don't even show up. And I think that's the worst sign. You know, a lot of players that don't show up are like, you know what, trade me. or I don't even want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, so it gives me the vibe that he still wants to be a Viking. He still likes the guys. He still likes the coaches. You know, he still wants to be a part of the team. He still wants to be around. But he's like, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way and risk potential injury if I'm not getting paid, which is understandable. Um, it needs to get done as soon as possible, though. <laughs> like it, the deal needs to happen. I've, I've harped on this a while ago, and I'll harp on it again. Like you have no real edge rushers, honestly. You got no name brand guys rushing the quarterback right now, and that's the honest truth. And and in this division, you're going to need it. I think Jordan Love is going to be a decent quarterback. In all honesty, I think Jared Goff is going to be pretty solid. That team is has improved. I think that Justin Fields, you definitely need some air, some edge rushing help against Justin Fields just to keep yeah. him and contain him in the pocket. And that's just a division. You know, that's not even addressing the rest of the schedule where you will play, you know, guys like Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy and you'll play um Patrick Mahomes and other guys like that on the schedule. And so it needs to get done as soon as possible. I think it needs to be one of the top priorities. Again, I, I again, not to sound like a broken record, I am stunned that he wasn't re-signed up to this point and it wasn't addressed in a draft or a free agency. It blows my mind. But here we are. This is the situation that the Vikings are in. And, I mean, I think you're kind of stuck. But I am happy with the fact that even though it may be a bit of a distraction, I am happy with the fact that he's there because at least that shows me Either A, okay, the money is important, like you said, Jason, he's not trying to lose that 50K <laughs> every day he misses. Or it could be a bit of both, where it's like, you know, I don't want to miss the money, but I also don't want to miss the guys. And I don't want to miss out on the practices. And I don't want to miss out new new defensive coordinator as well. I don't want to miss out on, on any schemes that's being implemented. I don't want to miss anything. I'm just not going to put myself in harm's way as far as getting hurt without a contract. Right. Speaking and, of oh, sorry, contract stuff coming up that you mentioned, there's there's a handful of them coming off the board. One that's going to be impacted by a uh, re-sign earlier today, TJ Hawkinson. They're going to mm-hmm. have to negotiate with him. But the Bears just signed Cole Komet to a four-year, $50 million extension. That makes him a top 10 paid tight end in the league. He had 50 catches for 544 yards last year with seven TDs. And that was with to put it nicely, running back Justin Fields. So, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest here. He, he ran a lot. Yeah. But yeah, um, right what is what is this going to mean for TJ Hawkinson? This guy's going to get paid. First off, I saw uh, my favorite tweet that I saw surrounding this was like, it's kind of hilarious that a guy like Saquon Barkley is clawing and scratching just to get Cole Komet money. Uh, it's, it's insane. But had to settle for what that one year deal. <laughs> but what does this mean? <laughs> They're gonna have to find pennies in the couch for for Hawkinson <laughs> because this is if Cole Komet is getting fifty million over four years. I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the plan is. I really. The- yeah, what? the other contract that happened, I believe, like a week or two ago, was Evan Ingram's with the Jaguars. Um, Don't forget Jimmy Graham. I believe. Yes. Yeah, what? I thought he was retired. And when I heard about that deal, I thought it was just like, oh, yeah, he's just going to come back and re- one day retirement with the Saints. No, Jimmy Jimmy Graham's going to actually try to play. Yeah. They, back in the they, day, Jimmy Graham They actually Graham have so a nice good. clause in his contract that lets like the shuttle from the senior home get him to the field each day. <laughs> hey, now. Um, hey now. Before he has to go back. So, wow. um, you know, Cheap great, shot. great for one more year for Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I was going to bring up the Evan Ingram contract with the Jaguars that I believe was a three-year deal, but he is making now 13 million per year. 
And just below him, David Njoku at 13, Dawson Knox at 13, Hunter Henry at 12 and a half, and then Cole Komet at 12 and a half now. Um, I would imagine TJ Hawkinson definitely gets above all of those guys. So Evan Ingram makes 13.75 million per year. The next one is Mark Andrews at 14 million. And obviously we know how good Mark Andrews is. He's probably the second best tight end in all football right now. So you're probably looking at somewhere in between there, like 13 and a half or 14 for Hawkinson. But until we resolve this Daniel Hunter situation, we're not going to be able to get to that. We're not going to get to the JJ stuff too. I feel like the JJ contract extension has been put on the back burner. It feels like not only just for like Vikings fans, but even maybe, maybe even this organization too, because there's more pressing things to deal with right now. And there were plenty of people saying that, you know what, they don't have to give JJ a contract this year. They can do it another year because his rookie contract is scaled out that way. Again, I we've all been in the camp saying that, like, hey, the, the sooner you can actually get that done, it might actually end up being cheaper for the Vikings. Um, but in, until this whole Daniil Hunter situation resolves itself and it's optimistic that he's there. But again, yeah, like you said, AJ, it's it's a weird distraction. It's definitely looming. I, I, I mean, Daniil has always kind of been a no nonsense guy. He's never been a guy that's had like any issues um, from what I've gathered watching press conferences and people talking about him too he's a pretty just you know here doing my job kind of guy not here to like rile people up not really just like even showing a ton of emotions too he just kind of goes about his business so I don't think he wants to be a distraction by any means but you know I understand the situation he did genuinely take a bad deal and I totally understand trying to overcompensate for that now especially when you know you've You've proven a lot in the last year. You were able to stay completely healthy this year, and that was the biggest criticism against you. And sure, like that's still going to be taken into account when um, we're going to pay you for this next contract. But I mean, still, like Daniil Hunter, I mean, he had what, what, 10, 11 and a half sacks, something like that. Like he had a really good year. So I understand him just trying to maybe dig his heels in a little bit and wanting to get his. But it's going to clog things up a little bit. I would really, really like this to get resolved before they have their like first night practice on August 3rd, but I really, really, really want to get this resolved when we start doing joint practices against the Titans and the Cardinals. Uh, the Titans one starts, uh, I think, August 16th, and the Cardinals come like a week later, August 23rd, and if that's not resolved by then, I mean, preseason games will be going by then, too, um, then probably a trade for Daniil Hunter might be more inevitable, but Again, I don't know. From what I've gathered, guys, it seems kind of 50-50. But he's, but he's there. So I would kind of lean towards that they're going to they're gonna figure something out here. Right? They right? better. They better. I hope so. <laughs> they I better. really hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Um, otherwise, other, court, uh, other training camp. T- actually, I wanted to get into this, too. Um, I have not been able to watch it. I do not have a Netflix account. But were you guys able to catch any of the Kirk um, or not the Kirk documentary, but the the quarterback documentary about Pat Mahomes, Kirk, and uh, Marcus Mariota. I am on strike. Okay, You're, what I am on strike. Oh, like I the refuse, right, like Hollywood writers. I refuse to watch Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl again. I'm not doing it. Oh, I'm not doing my. it. <laughs> listen, listen. Last week, oh my I told AJ. I said, Hey, I know we're gonna talk about this on the show. I'm gonna try to find time to watch it. Then I started it and just it. It, it just makes me. It makes me mad, man. It's it just my feelings and everything started uh, to get involved. Soon, you know, soon. it's just a little too soon, man. I started to water again, man. It was all, all the pain was coming <laughs> oh. back. All the pain was coming back. Oh. And I was like, you know what? Forget this. But the funny thing about it is, though, my girlfriend who likes sports, but like likes it even more now that we've been together. Shout out to her. She's watching it like nonstop. She's like, this Patrick Mahomes guy. I mean, she knows who he is. She's like, man, I didn't know all of this. I love this documentary, all this background information. And I'm like, yo, you really like watching this around me when I told you I'm going on strike. And I told you the reason why we are Eagles fans in this household. But like she's becoming a Mahomes fan and I'm not happy about it. So to answer the question again directly, no, I I've watched episode one and a half of episode two before I said I quit. Um, I may come back to it like mid season. Um, if they randomly are not good, maybe I'll feel a little better, but I doubt that'll happen. So I doubt I'll be watching it in all honesty. I got so a little, I, I started it. Um, I saw the first episode. I mean, 
I, I have a feeling from what I've heard too, is like after like the third episode, they just like, don't have Marcus Mariota in there. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, I, from what I, from what I read, he was supposed to be potentially Matthew Stafford. And then he turned it down for season one. Hmm. Um, it just, it like, I, 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 it's not, it's not going to be anything new. I feel like for Kirk, for if, if I keep watching and I haven't like seen too many revelations and not that it's like a spoiler, you know, it's history. I'm not going to be upset. Like I, Oh, I know they beat the Colts in week, whatever. Um, you know, I, we get it. He's a, he's a family guy. Uh, he's pretty calm. He's reserved. Like I, it, it seems like it's just more of you're seeing, you're seeing a little more of his personality, which is great, but I don't think it's a shock that his personality is kind of what we all, I think person, me personally, at least expected he's calm. You know, he, um, I, I did, I did really, I was, I was a little shocked and maybe not shocked as a, uh, surprised. I was happily surprised that they have a sports psychiatrist at uh, the flight, the Vikings facility. And whether that's solely for Kirk or if that's a thing that a lot of other, uh, players with, uh, the Vikings organization use, I think is awesome. Um, just having that extra outlet to like, you know, talk through and like Kirk said, he's like, it's a good outlet for me to just talk through my emotions and talk through my feelings. And it, it from the clips that we saw, I'm, I'm sure they had more than a five minute conversation about stuff, but it doesn't look like it's the, uh, movie stereotypical, like lay down on the couch and like, tell me about your father type of thing. It's like, <laughs> it looks like he's just like talking about the game. He's like, yeah, this play here. Um, here's what we wanted to do, but here's what I saw. And in retrospect, I, I think what I should have done is this, but then why, why I didn't is because of, and, and, you know, he's working through it. And I think it's more of like, it's easier to work that stuff out when it's just a casual conversation rather than sitting in front of a mirror or, you know, just trying to have that conversation with yourself. Cause one, if you're just sitting alone in a room out loud talking to yourself, you know, that could be weird if somebody walks in. Uh, but you know, it, it, if you're, if you're trying to do it like on your drive home from practice or from the facility, you got to focus on other, it's, it's easier just to have that outlet of talking to somebody. And, um, I'm sure it helps that the guy is, it's supposed to be like sports, um emphasize so he's gonna have an understanding for what kirk is kind of talking about like he he's like i read a nickel package here okay the guy should probably i assume know what that means and uh that's pretty cool um so yeah i mean i i'm not super shocked that kirk is kind of like we all expected but i i I am also i i think it does help him in his case a little bit more too and you have to remember with these type of things it's it's edited to in a way sell a certain storyline that the directors and everything, like mm-hmm. I'm sure the teams maybe have like in some fashion, a final say of like, we kind of want this changed a little bit, but these editors and these producers, these, these guys are obviously athletes, but they're, they're characters to them. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to throw up stuff on, uh, on Netflix. And it's just like Kirk making a Turkey sub. And that's just who he is. No, they, they want to get more emotion. They want to get Patrick Mahomes. Um, the contrast between him saying, I want to rip, uh, Max Crosby's head off. And then Kirk being like, Hey, you know, we made a, we made a great fire today, son. Like that's a great way to, you know, it's that comparison and they're trying to sell, um, views. So, uh, just like we try to sell, views and listens on our on our show so um that you know it's entertainment at the end of the day which is what we all want especially when it's football centralized so yeah this has been i think a really good thing for kirk letting us kind of like into his life into his home and like getting that dynamic because you know he's not the most boisterous athlete as is you know i mean he he definitely chooses not to be in the spotlight most of the time he kind of just Likes to do things with his family, likes to, you know, go play football on Sundays. You know, you don't see him doing like crazy, super exorbitant things, you know, when, you know, you're a quarterback and got millions of dollars. He's just, he's a dad and he dresses like a dad and he's wearing all that nice plaid and everything. And I just, you know, I mean, obviously like Kirk's taken a lot of heat here in Minnesota and there were really high expectations coming in and I think this has definitely like softened us up a little bit to him a little bit. Um, he's coming off a great season too, so that helps. But when you get to, get to get into people's personal lives and get to actually see how relatable they are to you, because I think 
more so than Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota. I think Kirk came off as the most relatable in the series, and I haven't watched it. This is just basically what I've picked up from other people, you know, hanging out with the family, you know, hanging out with the kids, reading them bedtime stories and stuff like that. And, you know, that's pretty much all of us, you know, what are what we all want to be someday and something like that. So it was, it was yeah, I want to check it out. Um, you know, I recently moved and the Netflix account went with the roommate. So I got to figure something out there and there's no more password sharing or anything like that. But yeah, I think just in terms of just like how likable Kirk is right now, this might be like the all time high here with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, obviously, train camps where we're here Games are about to start, and, you know, eventually, you know, people will start focusing on that. But just having this little glimpse into his life, I think, has provided Vikings fans a lot of perspective that they just haven't had on the guy for, you know, going on five years now. And that helps a ton with his image. And, yeah, it's something I definitely want to check out sooner rather than later. Um, I do feel bad about Marcus Mariota, though. Uh, He has totally just kind of been the third fiddle in all this. And I thought, like, it was kind of interesting when they announced the lineup to this is like, all right, Patrick Mahomes, obviously incredibly interesting. Say no more. He is an incredible quarterback, might be one of the best of all time. Kirk Cousins, a pretty polarizing figure in his own right. Cool. But then I thought like Marcus Mariota might have just been, oh, you know, kind of a fringe quarterback. Don't really know his long term future in the NFL. And, you know, I think unfortunately a lot of people kind of like maybe, you know, tuned out of that, tuned out of that a little bit, which is kind of sad because Marcus Mariota is interesting. I mean, he, Grew up in Hawaii and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, the tough part for them is that there's only 32 guys that they could choose from in a sense. True. And, you know, frankly, 12 of them, 15 max are like genuinely interesting. And like we saw, or like I said, uh, Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford turned it down. So that takes away the numbers. Like, I don't want to say. Jalen Hurst turned it down too. Did he really? Oh, Jaylen he Hurst turned he it down. Oh, really? Wow. He interesting. Um, that would I would love cool. to see him. Joe Joe Burrow has to do it. Joe Burrow yeah. has to do it. Um, I would love to see Jalen Hurts and then like uh, I want to say like a younger like maybe honestly Justin Fields or like I, I was going to say Justin Fields. I wouldn't mind seeing a rookie. Like let me see Ooh, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Oh, you know oh, that would be man. nice. Like seeing a fun. rookie come in and learn the game and well not learn the game but you know I learn could how see to a pro franchise go. being cautious about that because it's already maybe so overwhelming and you don't want like that distraction there. So I, true. I would doubt we get an, like a true on rookie, but maybe somebody who's like, do you, how about Jordan love? How about Jordan, Jordan love? love will be a good one, but, that, but here, kind of here's what I'm hearing guys. I mean, there sounds like there's a whole lot of options. So this sounds like Netflix could definitely do this in the future. I think it's been renewed for another season, yeah, but already, like, season that's, the, that's the nice thing about pretty much any starting quarterback in the NFL. They're kind of interesting. And you kind of want insight in their lives in weird ways because they all are in their own unique situations and you can make an argument for any of them. We just did. Yeah, right. I saw (laughs) something on Twitter and it could be right. It could be wrong. But like it was Aaron Rodgers. It was um, Josh Allen. And I forget who the third quarterback was. But that was like the rumored, at least two of the rumored quarterbacks to be in it. Really quick here before we move on the conversation, but didn't. HBO didn't like the Jets tell HBO that they're going to limit a lot of their access for hard knocks this season because they're pissed that they have to do it in the first place. Do you guys hear any of that? Yeah. Well, is that, is that like a have to, I don't know how hard knocks. So like, I don't remember all the rules, but there are teams that if HBO comes a knock and on a particular season, there's nothing that team can do about it. They have to allow HBO cameras into their camps and stuff like that. Um, some teams are exempt. You know, I think if you, you know, I think like the Chiefs and like, you know, high level playoff teams like the Eagles and like those kind of teams don't have to do it. But I, I, I don't know exactly what the threshold is, but the Jets were on the list. And for obvious reasons, I mean, the Jets had an incredibly interesting offseason and I I definitely want to see a Raj there, but um, they said that they're not going to like show cuts apparently, which I know is a big, big part of the appeal to hard knocks in the first place. So it sounds like the jets are kind of just, you know, angry and just whatever was the rock guy's name from the Brown season, Benjamin St. Juice or whatever. I think the tight end, that guy was awesome. 
you remember the big offensive line coach that every single time he said hut, his belly would like move up or something like that? <laughs> yes, I remember that. I remember that. Every single time I remember that from that season. Um, the Lions were on hard knocks last season, and I thought that was that was kind of fun. But I don't know. If the Jets are being lame, then that stinks. But if this yeah, Netflix if quarterback Jets, series... Yeah, but it's A-Rodge, and, you know, he's. we want to know what kind of psychedelic drugs he's on that day. You know what I mean? It's just it's very interesting, at least to me. Uh, I, need, anyway. I need them to do a running bit if they are going to. And then, and then I do want to, after this, move on to uh, we've got twin stuff because they're actually playing baseball. It's crazy. Hey, um, if they for this season, every like one on one because they do like the the office type of like talking to a player, right? The mm-hmm. setup interview shots one on one. Every one of Aaron Rodgers has to be in pitch black. It has to be. right, just in a dark room, just dark, and then just a, like a little <laughs> that says Aaron Rodgers quarterback, and then you just hear his voice. And it's got to be like a robotic voice too. You won't even know that it's Aaron Rodgers, whatever. No, I, I'm, I'm thinking more just like his darkness retreats. Just, That's- just. Just have it yeah. black, and then you're, just, you're fine, and then you're good. Just have the training cap wherever he did the darkness retreat. Just bring the whole team out there, yes. lock them in a hut for three days, and then, I don't know, go nine and seven or whatever, and then get <laughs> destroyed by the New York media. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously keep you posted on the rest of Vikings training camp. We'll re- be recording throughout the weeks. Hopefully, uh, Daniel contract resolution happens. JJ contract, Hawkinson, you know. Sooner rather than later, guys. Whenever, though. We'll keep you posted, though, on Taxi Squad. Uh, baseball fans, your Minnesota Twins back from the All-Star break, and they came out hot at one point, 8-2 in their first 10 out of the All-Star break. One of the best records in all of baseball at this point. But it's come down just a little bit after they've lost this le- most recent series to the Seattle Mariners. Their current record right now is 54-50. and and uh, it's definitely been better since we've last talked. Um, they were below 500 at the All-Star break. I definitely wasn't very optimistic. I usually am not very optimistic when my team is below 500 at the All-Star break, but obviously the Central Division stinks. It still stinks. The White Sox, they're basically done now. The Tigers, yeah, they're basically done now. But Cleveland, you know, they're still at 500. They're still hanging around two games back behind the twins right now uh again there was a ton of optimism in the last week or so um they were beating up uh, some pretty you know okay you know pretty bad teams the white Sox, um the oakland athletics even at one point where did their schedule go i just had it up okay yeah the white Sox. they were at the mariners and then oakland again um and they play Kansas City here coming up. So they're still playing bad teams, but they, I believe, are f- the rest of their schedule after the All Star break, one of the lowest winning percentages at all baseball. So the Twins are majority playing some bad teams here, which is uh, very beneficial potentially uh, for them. Um, however, Derek Falvey has uh, recently said that the Twins are going to go after relief pitchers and right handed hitters. Uh, they did indeed make a trade today. Um, kind of surprised me a little bit because, you know, we traded for this guy last year, traded some decent prospects for him, and um, he's already gone. Jorge Lopez uh, traded today for uh, Dylan Floro of the Miami Marlins. I believe Floro's ERA is, uh, yeah, f- uh, 4.54 and uh, with a 2.78 whip. So twins are already getting involved in some moves. So clearly, uh, guys, we are all in with the twins, maybe not like all in. We'll see what kind of other trades they make, but I think there are others are coming, but it seems like, yes, even though, you know, twins are only four games over 500, they're making deals to improve their ball club this season. Indeed. And they're making trades to, um, you know, hopefully wrap up this central. Yeah. How big of buyers I think is going to be something we see here down the stretch closer to the deadline. But I think there was no doubt that even if they didn't have this, uh, it pretty solid start since the all-star break, um, I think they were still going to be buyers just because like it's their division to lose. Like every mm-hmm. other team is just not great. Uh, the white Sox are just the dumpster fire. The Royals sneakily up until whatever month it was, were essentially just the American or the secondary Oakland A's. Like they were just, they were just terrible. The tigers. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about them since legitimately the month of may. Um, and the guardians, it's 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 funny how much they refuse to actually like back their ball club they're they're usually a pretty solid team and then they're just like 
nah, we're, let's let's just trade guys and then we'll make it work. And then it works. But this mm-hmm. is not uh, this was not that year. Um, no, the Twins they need they need relief pitching. I'm not sure why. Speaking of relief pitching, why last night we didn't see Yohan Duran out of the yeah. uh, bullpen after having the day off prior. That would have been nice um, after having a four run lead at one point over the Mariners. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. How about that? How about that trade though for for Lopez to uh, to the Orioles, who they acquired, I believe, last season. It was initially mm-hmm. graded, I believe, an A minus for the Twins, and now it's been downgraded to a flat out F because of the guys they gave up <laughs> who are now impacting the uh, the Orioles play. Um, just a very interesting, but. If you don't mind me slightly pivoting, because I did have a somewhat loyal listener reach out to me on Insta, not Instagram, but uh, on social media, Matt. Matt wanted me to bring up, he said, possible taxi squad topic. Quote, the absolute disrespect that Matt Walner has for baseballs as well as Edward. (laughs) So I had to go out. um, Let's look at these last 15 games for first off. Southern Mississippi's pride, the. The pride of Forest Lake, Minnesota, <laughs> Matthew Walner, his last 15 games at the dish, he's batting a very solid 349, uh, 451 OBP, 674 slugging, four homers, eight RBIs, um, 13 strikeouts, which, you know, I think that's fine. He's been, he's been a breath of fresh air, but the thing is, I, I, he's, he's hitting with a lot of pop and, um, his at bats are just like they're lively if that makes right. sense like he he goes out there and he like he doesn't just like give up you don't he could go down oh two he's fighting uh the other guy though oh can't all right if freddie freeman wasn't in the league i would i would flat out declare with no other knowledge that this is the best canadian baseball player that i've seen in a while but uh <laughs> freddie freeman unfortunately and joey Votto actually uh yes. are still in the league but over the last 15 games, a 417 average for Edward Julian out of Quebec, Canada. This guy's unbelievable. 500 mm-hmm. OPP. Last 15 games, you're flipping a coin if, if for whether or not this guy gets on base. Yeah. Uh, it's like, and he, and with that, he's hitting kind of for power. He, he's got four home yep. runs over those yep. uh, 15 games in, in 48 at bats. Um, his fielding needs a lot of work, but it's, I, I can overlook that. You know, you're sticking him <laughs> in second base. It's not uh, the flashiest place where you need, you know, you don't need to just be Robinson Cano. Just, just be Robinson. You'd be a middle. And granted, I think he did have some pretty solid seasons fielding, but um, you know, you don't need to be a gold glover. I just need you to get your body in front of the ball and make, you know, the, the routine play over to first or turn the double play if needed. But his, his bat uh, has been so good yeah. for this team. And then he needs to be in the lineup every day. There's no reason not to. Um, there's, I think he got pulled. He got pulled in replace of Barnhart. No, not Tucker Barnhart. Um, Kyle Farmer. Excuse me. Yeah. Cal Farm, I, I, hmm. sorry, Cubs, no, Cubs overlapping there for a second, but that's okay. Yeah, that's um, priorities like for Farmer, like, and then and then the Mariners come back and it's like, well, you probably would like this Edward Julian 500 OBP bats and it, you know up at the plate right now. Um, so you just gotta be Rocco. You need to be a little smarter at times, but uh, Walner Julian, mm-hmm. what what a duo, and honestly. Max Kepler, I, as much as I have hated on Max Kepler for the majority of this season, um, he flipped the switch since the All-Star break. I don't know if he reset himself or what, but he's looking more and more like 2019 uh, Max Kepler, which I was never sure we were ever going to see again. We've seen flashes at times, but this has looked a little more consistently in those three guys um, at the top of the lineup. I don't – obviously, I think they're they've been – uh, tickling with the notion of a Carlos, Carlos Correa, I want to say leadoff at times in a few games here and there. They've but, put him there before a few times already. Yep. Yeah. But, tried it uh, out. but then they've, they've had the three at times, three left-handed bats in a row of Kirilov, Julian, um, and Walner. And it's, well, let me tell you, it's, it's working out pretty darn good. So um, they, they need to, like you said, get, relief pitching and they they know it you know they're not they're not blind to their own weaknesses Mm -hmm. um do you have any notion of 
maybe who they would go after, what what guys are out there that uh, they could potentially target, or is there just like was that just the initial hey, you know, we'll go ahead and look at some guys here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jeff Passan threw out there as well that he doesn't expect the Twins to do anything like crazy, crazy splashy. Like, I don't uh, I don't believe the Twins will be trading for Shohei Otani, which actually it sounds like well, nobody's going to be trading for yeah. Shohei now because the Angels have said, no, we're going to keep him and we're going to go for it. And you know what? If I'm that GM, I don't want to be known as the GM that traded Shohei Otani. I think it might be better to be known as the GM that lets him walk than trades him. I don't know, but... Um, he probably won't be coming back, but I mean, I, it's just like, what we'll What see. do you do? I mean, he's your best player and he's generational. It's, it's crazy, but they would have gotten a haul for him. Um, but so I, I don't think it'll be, I think the max, the max kind of guy they would kind of go get is like Paul Goldschmidt. I think that would be like the biggest type of like player that they could get. Um, okay. I forget the name of the Washington right-handed here. Cause again, they're, it looks like they're going to be tiny, uh, targeting yeah, yeah, right-handed, right-handed hitters. Hitting There's a right-handed hitter. Washington Colin Dario, I believe is his last name. I forget what his first name is, but he's having a solid season there. He would be a rental. So I don't really know how much you'd be willing to give up there. Um, there's other bats too. Um, but I, I'm really, especially after the last couple days, I mean, we've had some bullpen implosions. I want them to definitely target a relief pitcher, somebody that can really, really compliment you on Duran in the way that unfortunately Jorge Lopez really was supposed to, because coming into this season, sure. It was probably assumed that eventually Duran would like hold the, you know, the quote unquote closer role, even though that's kind of not really used in baseball as much anymore. But Jorge Lopez was definitely supposed to give him a run for his money to be that ninth inning guy. But Duran's Duran stuff is just absolutely lights out. Um, Even if Lopez was having a really good season, I mean, Duran's just been that, that much better. Um, Yeah, it it stinks to trade him, especially with Yanir Cano having an all-star season for um, Baltimore. Um, I believe Cade Povich is the other prospect, and there's another prospect too, but I believe Cade Povich having a decent season also in the minor leagues for Baltimore. Um, We'll see how this guy can uh, come in, the guy that we traded for. Um, But in terms of just these guys in the lineup just flourishing right now. It's, it's great because it, I mean, I mean, it's great for a couple guys in particular, cause it's taking the spotlight um, off of them. It is Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is still just mired in the slump. It is still, I know he leads the team in home runs and we know about his injury issues and we, we love the guy because he's out there trying his hardest. There's no denying that. Um, but Buck has last 15 games batting one forties last seven games batting one Oh three it's still just been a pretty significant issue for him. Uh, the extent that he's hurt right now, which you know in some way every year Byron Buxton is banged up. Um, we don't really exactly know right now, but this is one of the worst slumps that he's ever been through. Um, he's flashed like he's like hit a home run here and there. He's had games where he's actually hit multiple home runs, and you think, all right, all right, here we go, Buck. The Buck truck's revving right now. Uh, but then it just gets, it gets slowed down again, and... I've always wondered, and we've we've talked about this before, and it's been talked about a ton too. Um, I've always wondered just him not being able to play in the field has gotten him out of rhythm in terms of a hitter. I don't know because a guy like Buxton, who's you know super fast, flies all over the place, obviously very versatile, has been an athlete his entire life. I gotta imagine like to an extent he might just get stir crazy just sitting on the bench for an entire game. Um, but I mean, if that's what you got to do to get him to play 81 games up to this point, and we're about halfway there in terms of a full season for him, I mean, this is what you got to do. But at the same time, he's, he's bad 195 right now. And it's just, it's tough to watch right now. And I really wonder what the solution is. They've moved him up and down the lineup. Um, I think he's gotten even, I don't know if he's batting in the sixth spot yet, but I know he's gotten all the way down to five. Um, I don't really know what the solution is other than just letting him go out there, keep taking hacks as long as he's healthy, as long as he's able to go out there. I mean, I mean, you're paying him that money too. That's that's just the thing. You gotta, you gotta play the guys that you're paying that kind of money, but it's been awesome to have these younger guys, guys who have been like top 100 prospects uh, coming up flourishing. Edward Julian has made the whole Luis Arias thing, I think, a little bit more palatable over the last month or so, I really think. I mean, people have kind of shut up about that kind of, thankfully, and Pablo Lopez is still pitching uh, really well, too. Uh, Kirilov, the biggest thing, he's just been healthy, man. He's just been healthy. He's been. I know that he was out for all of April, but since then, he's been consistently in the lineup, 
banged up a couple times here and there, but nothing long-term, nothing like multiple weeks or anything like that. That has just been huge because I was genuinely worried coming in the season, um, his wrist issues, they had to like shave down part of his bone, which that just sounds incredibly uncomfortable. And uh, he's been able to be out there and also play the field too. He hasn't been DH or anything. Obviously Buck's been the main DH and uh, he's been playing mostly first base and outfield. Um, Emilio Pagan, I was going to come on here and like defend Emilio Pagan because he had a 1.13 ERA in his last seven appearances up until he gave up that dinger to Julio Rodriguez the other night. And I was like, oh, okay, Emilio, you're you're figuring something out here. And then I was just like, no, no, classic, classic Emilio. Um, but my last thing really, uh, before we uh, get to a quick Wolves thing, um, I would just proceed with caution to... And I saw this a lot on social media. I don't know about you guys. Proceed with caution if you just think this division is wrapped up at this point. Um, when the Twins, and maybe the Mariners series now is calling people down, but after that White Sox series, I saw a lot of people tweeting, yeah, this division's wrapped up. You got to focus. Now on the trade deadline, getting those really good prospects, focusing on the playoffs, and I'm just like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, there's a lot that this team still has to prove. They have to play a couple of better teams as well. It's incredibly encouraging, but I still believe Cleveland is a pesky team. So it's just let's let's pump the brakes just a little bit. This is obviously great. We wouldn't have it any other way, but there's still a long season to go. And I'll never forget those 2009 twins that came back six games on the Tigers somehow, some way with like only a couple weeks to play. You know, there's plenty of time left in this season, um, but it seems like the twins are absolutely 100 percent. Declaring this season, yep, we're going for it. We're going to be making moves at the deadline. They've already done a couple things already, and I'm sure we'll break it down more in the next couple of weeks uh, yeah. here on Taxi Squad. Three relievers in my mind that I would love. And granted, I'm going to be flat out transparent here. I don't really have like a gauge on value of prospects within the Twins organization as of right now. I haven't looked into it as much as I probably should have. But uh, three names that I know I think could and should be on the block. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals reliever Jordan Hicks. He throws hard. I believe he's a lefty arm, if my memory serves me correct. Um, which we need, which we need. And the Cardinals are dumpster, dumpster right now. Uh, they, I should not be. Yeah, and I love that for the record. Yeah, I was about to say that you seal of approval on that one. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, speaking of lefties that throw hard, Roldis Chapman. I, I did my personal experience of, of the 2016 world series run for the Cubs. Um, I would, and I know that'd be in, in division trade and, you know, who knows, but at the same time, well, he got traded to Texas. Prospect. He got oh, traded he to already? Texas. Yeah. He got That's traded right. to Texas like a week ago or something like that. The but that one, would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Him and Duran. Can you imagine this gym? Those two just throwing hundred mile per hour heaters. Good luck other, with that. My God. The other guy, which I don't great. think will be on the uh, the market, just because for some reason this team is expected to be buyers this, with this little surge that they're having, are the Boston Red Sox. But if they really stumble into the final days, the the deadline, the Twins should absolutely absolutely make a call on Kenley Jansen, the future Hall of Famer. Oh. Yeah. Um, just lean yeah. on that cutter, lean on that cutter, yeah. get him in here. Um, he could be your, he, you could have like that one, a one B like closer punch, or he could be an amazing setup guy for Duran. Yeah. Um, just get him in the eighth inning and then Duran to the ninth. So there you go. I like that. I like that. Yeah. The twins are going to make some moves. We'll see what they do. I'm excited because anytime your team is making moves to improve the club at the deadline, that's more fun than selling. That's absolutely true. Um, artists, you informed us. I was not aware of this, but, uh, did Anthony Edwards say some stuff about a particular, uh, really prestigious, uh, NBA franchise that may have won a couple titles within the last couple of years. Can you fill us in on that, please? Yes. Yes. He kind of called out. Um, the Golden State Warriors, shockingly, oh. and I'll make this quick because we are running very short on time. Okay. Basically, in a nutshell, he was asked, what is he looking forward to this season? And the first thing he said was, I'm looking forward to going back to the playoffs and going deeper into the playoffs. And then he elaborated and said that I'm looking forward to playing Golden State potentially. And they said, why? And I'm paraphrasing, like, why, why do you want to play Golden State? And he's like, because Draymond Green talks so much trash. So he wants the Golden State Warriors because he's tired of all of the chirping coming from Draymond Green, whether it be on the court, off the court. And I just wanted to bring that up to say, 
I love it. I know everybody's <laughs> seen like the Dwayne Wade meme where he's like, I love it. I, that's, that was my thought because I would have a different reaction if it was coming from other players on this team. But when, when it's coming from Anthony Edwards, the best player on the team, I get that sense of like, okay, he he's feeling it, that competitive spirit. And he's putting that pressure on his team. Like I'm setting mm-hmm. the expectation on us to not only make the playoffs, but make a deep playoff run and play Golden State and not only play them, but beat them and shut Draymond Green up. So I love that. This is the four-time champion Golden State Warriors. Like this is the cream of the crop <laughs> of NBA franchises within the last decade. Mm-hmm. So to call them out is awfully bold, but – it's Anthony freaking Edwards, man. And if anybody can back it up, it's him. So I just wanted to say I love that coming from Anthony Edwards. And as far as we can tell, no response from Draymond on his podcast or any other social media platform yet. So Not I that I know of. Hope, I mean, if Draymond's a boss, you just ignore it. You're like, no, I'll see you out in the I court. I think he's like, going to say something. Gonna, he's out. He always says something, yeah. of course. The man's got yeah. a podcast. So uh, I await to hear what he's going to say to that. I mean... I imagine, uh, you know, Draymond's going to be playful about it and just be like, okay, okay, but like, we'll see. Because the, the respect court. is there. Oh, yeah. If oh, it yeah. was someone else, and I will not say the name, but if we know if someone else, else said this, it would be a lot of shots thrown at that particular we'd spend player. We'd more time, we'd spend way more time on this particular topic if a particular, you know who, yes. he who must not be named, and it's not Lord Voldemort. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? But I think the respect is there amongst the league for Anthony Everett. So I don't think he'll, I don't think Draymond will say anything other than something along the lines of, sure. you know, watch watch what you ask for. You know, be careful of what you ask for. It's <laughs> Which, probably what he'll say. But that's, hey, hey. It's, on, hey, it's fair. Fair hey. game. Fair game. So I love it. I love it too. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's totally unprompted too. Like, this just kind of comes out of nowhere or anything like that. And he could have said it about any franchise, but no, he's coming after the Warriors, the most recent dynasty in the NBA. Smart. He wants that for himself. I want that for him. I want that for myself. I'm selfish in this kind of thing. He wants that smoke. Yes. He could have yes. called out anybody, but because he called he out could, them for a reason. Because he can put out the fire. Exactly. exactly. He hopes. He hopes. Yes. And I believe he can. Which, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, obviously. Still got a lot to prove. Like, go out there, young fella, and do it. Win a playoff series. Let's get there. Um, but, and like, sure, like maybe the Golden State Warriors are more on, on the decline. I don't think that's why he's calling them out. I don't think he's doing it because he thinks like the Warriors are softening up or anything, getting older with age. If anything, Jordan Poole's gone. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're probably not going to be that anymore. No, uh, I think he's, Ant recognizes that the Warriors are still the standard in the NBA. And yeah, he has no problem just being like, yeah, I want that for myself. But the only way I'm going to get that for myself is if I go out there and Beat their butts. That's yep. just pretty much what you got to do. Make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Advance go against. and then see them. Yes. Exactly. That's what you need. I love it. I love it. But yeah, if anybody else on the Timberwolves said that, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Guys. But that's our guy. We got to wrap this up. Any last words? Uh, not really. Uh, I just need to get on the golf course again soon because my cousin Alex was in town from Arizona and I shot like a 120. It was like the worst round of golf ever. So if anybody wants to send any encouraging messages my way, just uh, any good vibes about me fixing my golf swing right now, I'd I'd very much appreciate that. But, you know, it's probably more operator error than anything else. I got out for the first time in like two years last week. Shot a 101, which I, which is hell yeah. I I enjoyed. I don't have a club lower than a nine iron, so I I made up the term the Swiss Army nine because it's good from like 120 yards out in. Oh yeah, um, it's awesome. But uh, very lucky. Takes me about nine holes to warm up, and I was striping it after after the front nine. We should get a big score North golf tournament organized. I've never played golf. I've never played anything other than mini golf, so that would be a oh, oh and top golf, top golf. Okay, but that would be extremely oh, there you fun. Go. I will say. I'm just saying, you know, it'd be fun to throw a little money out there, bragging rights. I don't know. A couple dollars. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know. $2. Literal $2. If you guys want to see that happen someday, let us know in the comment section. Indeed. Whichever Indeed. comment section you're commenting from. <laughs> Otherwise, though, leave us a five-star review, Apple Podcast, yes. thumbs up, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share with your friends. Um, otherwise, and we will be back for another episode of Taxi Squad next week. Till then, for Artist Woods, Jason Stormer, and AJ Fredrickson, have a good rest of the week, everybody.